kitchen is always open. I'll have what she's having. It's Matt and Alex all day breakfast. Uh, Matt O'Kine, my, my guts, my guts are gurgling. The nerves. The so nerves. It's all happening, isn't it? It just reminds me. I mean, it happened four years ago when we were watching the election results roll in. I remember I was sitting with uh, Becky Lucas. We were writing the other guy at the time, and she just uh, she just turned to me and said, Trump, Trump won. And you're just like, oh, wow. I didn't well, expect it. Well, I've got, I've got two things going on, okay, that is causing me a lot of distress, you know. One, Alex Dyson's heading for his first perm. Number two, Trump could be heading for his second term. Okay, now both of these things <laughs> are, uh, are quite interesting. I mean, obviously this podcast is coming out after we've recorded it, and so it's still up in the air. Um, but we will, we'll wait and see how it goes. You might even be listening well into the future when this has been decided. Or maybe the world has descended into pure What's the chaos. Thing? That's the thing. It's a world-changing election, <laughs> and it's a head-changing haircut. These the two <laughs> massive issues. Because you're right. I, by this time tomorrow, I'll be coming at you with the curly hair. And just like in the United States, you know, depending on the outcome of this election, things could turn ugly. You know, and uh, the same with your haircut. <laughs> so. <laughs> You're right. I mean, there's <laughs> analogies all over the place. And we could be making them to the tech cows come home. But we're going to get a bit more expert analysis from Jamila Rizvi up next, as well as taking a peek to a couple of uh, all-day breakfast listeners who are going to be joining us from the United States to get a bit of a uh, look at what's happening on the ground. Um, not only that, Motokind, we know you need some optimism. You need some happiness in your life as well. You don't need this pit of despair. Uh, this is why we've also booked some of the best in the biz to be joining us today. Cannot wait to chat to these guys. Take me over. Take me I'm gonna set this house on. When it comes to two guys who are like two proper rock stars enjoying their career, their life, the bangers that they put out, they, it does not get better than uh, Ruben and Adam from Peking Ducks. I'm so, so stoked. It is literally an absolute pleasure anytime we get to chat to these guys. And they got a new so song with the fun. Wombats, which is really interesting. So we'll get into how that all happened with the boys very, very soon. I hope you're going well, no matter where you are. It's Matt and Alex, All Day Breakfast. I'm sorry I said things could turn ugly, man. You know, I, I mean, things... Oh, no, no. I tell you what, the Electoral College of Follicles is uh, is leading that direction. So that's that's bag on, my man. Let's get this show on the road. Let's go. Here we go, here we go, here we go. Matt and Alex, All Day Breakfast. Well, Matt O'Kine, it was proving to be a big one. And uh, it has lived up to the hype. A very close election taking place in the U.S., uh, we are not the best when it comes to uh, reading the votes, reading the tea leaves of the various states and everything. So we thought what? we'd talk to someone who uh, bro, is good. Are you kidding me? I can't read. I have no idea what's going on with this. I, I was just saying, oh, it looks like Joe Biden's in the lead heaps. And you're like, no, but then there's this and then this and this and the swing votes and blah, blah. I'm like, oh, okay. Well, let's uh, get someone in to explain it a little bit for us. Contributor to the podcast, the briefing journalist legend, Jamila Rizvi, joins us. Hello, Jamila. Oh, how are you going, guys? I'm all right. How are you going? Is oh, that the voice you usually uh, you jump up and talk about uh, the news with? I used to have fingernails, let me put it that way. Before this morning, I had quite nice fingernails and it's a really, there's a foul state of affairs on my fingers now. 
It's interesting, isn't it? Because I mean, obviously, there's just a there's a lot of support for uh, for for both candidates, really. If it's that close, what's going to swing this one? Well, I'm very conscious that I'm talking to you, and at the moment, it is moving minute by minute, but. While we're speaking, Biden is ahead on the popular vote, which is part of this perverse thing about the American system, right? That you can have a presidential candidate win the popular vote, have the most number of Americans vote for them and still not win because it depends where they're voting in what states. And uh, there's a winner-takes-all rule in those states. So if a state has a majority vote for Biden, that's a Biden state. If a state has a majority vote for Trump, it's the Trump state, even if it was really close. That's the incredible thing. These electoral college votes going to see who makes up the um, the the presidency. But it's weird because there are a couple of states who instead of, say, for Florida, you've got 29 electoral college votes. If you get 51%, the other person gets 49. You get all of those 29 and that goes through. But there are some states who go, all right, we're going to split these electoral college candidates and send them through. Proportionally, so, yeah, where they're quite sensible. So we're dealing with a very complex system, partly because we're dealing with a bunch of different systems all in one, which is why I think you've got... Fo- Fox News calling one thing and CNN holding out. Everyone feels very unsure. But the takeaway certainly at this point is that it is too soon to call this in some really key swing states in Pennsylvania, in Michigan and Wisconsin. So we don't know what's going to happen, um, despite the fact that both candidates have come out and said they're very confident of a win. Well, I mean, that's obviously going to be some PR spin. Why would they come out and say they're very confident of a win? What is that? Like, I I don't even understand how that swings anything if if the votes are already in. The votes are already in, so they're not necessarily looking to influence people's votes. They're looking to influence public opinion. They're looking to influence the markets, and they're looking to keep their supporters buoyant. And in Trump's case, I think he just genuinely always thinks he's going to win. So <laughs> yeah. not really about anything except his ego. And it could we could be waiting for a while till we get a definitive result. And I guess one of my earliest memories of American politics is the 2000 election where it went to court, there were recounts, there was all sorts of things going on. I remember they used to vote, you used to punch holes in paper with a pencil or something <laughs> like that to do it. And that obviously was decided by Florida with a few hundred votes from memory. Are we going to look at something similar this time around? I think it could potentially be extremely close. And I think the chances that this contest ends up in the courts are probably pretty high right now. We've already got Trump on Twitter talking about the possibility that the election's been stolen. And he's kind of revving up his supporters to this point where they expect him to win. So if anything but a resounding Trump victory happens... I think you're going to see quite a lot of unrest and a lot of people who just don't believe the outcome. I was just talking to a mate of mine who was saying that no matter what happens, Trump has possibly irreversibly ruined Americans' trust in democracy. Like there there are going to be huge numbers who contest the outcome regardless of what it is. You know what this reminds me of, Jamila, is like when in soccer, when someone, when the referee gives away a foul and all the players like start like getting in the rest face, being like, oh, come on, how could you? And it's like the the decision's already been made, but it's amazing what influence does to the people in those decision making. So I, I'm just amazed that the politicians are still doing that. In this situation, Trump is still going, oh, but it's 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 a lie, it's fake, it's blah, 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 even though the, the statistics are in, they're there, they're right in front of you, you know? 
Yeah, and I think that's a great analogy, actually, because in those cases, the players usually aren't trying to convince the referee. The referee is not switching their position at that point, they're trying to convince the crowd, right? <laughs> yeah, and for the to. next... They're speaking to the crowd, trying to get them on side. Yeah, mm-hmm. and for the next decision, next time the referee goes to make a call, they're like, oh, oh I was a little bit unfair in that last one. Maybe I'll... It's just so... Oh, it's and it's weird. all taking place on the backdrop of the coronavirus in America, which has got the most cases in the world. And, uh, Jimmy, you've actually put together something because it's it feels like such a, a maelstrom of, of feelings. And I you always think of how whether it's year 12 students, whether it's young kids growing up in this, how they'd, um, how they'd make sense of the world. And you've actually written a book called I'm a Hero Too, which which helps younger children make sense of what's going on. Can you tell us a little bit about that and, and why you decided to write it? Yeah, of course. Um, so I started to write this book really because of my own kid. He was four at the start of the pandemic. He's five now. And I was looking for a resource to help explain to him what was going on, why he couldn't go to kinder, why he couldn't go to footy, why he got pulled out of swimming lessons, why he wasn't allowed to play on the play equipment. I remember the first time I told him you can't play on the playground. He looked at me and said, but that's what it's for. Like it, you know, he, he, he was just like, what is wrong? He's not wrong. It's just for looking now. It is now an art gallery. <laughs> and I wanted to explain it to him, but everything I could find online was all these YouTube videos of spiky green cartoon balls with angry faces and it just was not the vibe I was going for. And so this book is about helping little kids grieve and that's a really big word for little people, Mm. but they've given up a lot and life has changed. So I wanted to help them acknowledge that but very quickly move them to a place of feeling powerful, of wanting to be heroes, of wanting to be part of the solution and to be, you know, a little bit braver than Donald Trump about this whole situation. Well, it is called I'm a Hero Too and I guess the next, what the sequel will be about why are the windows boarded up in all the American cities uh, on election day when <laughs> oh, we're having dark. sausage sizzles. <laughs> I mean, uh, look, I completely relate with that. My, I've got an 18-month-old daughter, Sophia, um, Jamila, and, uh, you know, you get in the car and then the next time when you get out to, to take her out of the car seat, you're wearing a mask mm. and she has no idea what, like, why are mum and dad wearing masks now? Why, like, I, why can't I see their face? And it's sometimes really scares them. So thank you for writing that book. I'm a hero too. You can get it at all uh, good bookstores and online. And thank you, Jamila Rizvi, for having a chat with us about this whole schmozzle of an election. We really appreciate it. You're so welcome. I just want to say to everyone, remember that more than 100 million Americans voted early. They posted their ballots in. So those votes are going to be counted later. And those votes are more likely to be democratic. So this isn't over yet. Well, let's see how we go. Jamila, thank you very much for chatting to us. And whilst we're looking at it from the lens of Australia, Matt O'Kine, how about we actually cross to America and see what the vibe's like on the ground? It's time for a vibe check. And we're kicking off with Andrew in Brooklyn. Hello, Andrew. Hello. How are you going? We're good, man. How, how are things looking for you? Well, the anxiety is definitely at an all-time high. Yeah, um, close election, this one, hey. <laughs> super close. And the whole mail-in ballot pandemic thing definitely adds a little bit more intrigue to the. <laughs> yeah, close election with a background of pandemic. Uh, it's uh, a pretty pretty incredible vista. What about the city that never sleeps? You were, pr- you were hit pretty hard to start with. The city's decided to vote for Joe Biden. The country is is pretty divided. But what's it like on the streets? Because from here, we're getting reports of things getting boarded up in the chance of riots. How is it from where you are? What's your perspective? 
Yeah, so basically, New York City and New York State in general was never really in doubt. We're a very democratic city. Everyone always votes uh, Democrat, no matter who they are. Um, but there is a strong Donald Trump camp uh, in certain pockets, and tensions are definitely high, and people are boarding up their windows in anticipation of potential violence, no matter who wins. I've never seen it like this before. Uh, in my life, even reports of people in unmarked vans dropping piles of bricks just to incite more violence. Oh, they've mean, put out a brick wait, buffet Andrew, for anyone who's unhappy with that, the election. People were dropping bricks off, apparently, allegedly during the Black Lives Matters rallies as well. Yeah. I'm wondering, who has all these bricks? Like, don't <laughs> you have houses to build, man? Like, isn't there homelessness going on there? I think they just went to, like, old... Uh, disused building sites picked up as many bricks as they could and just thought, all right, we'll leave them here and see what happens. Wow. Goodness me. And what's the chat around your friendship group? What's everyone yeah, who's, feeling about the election this time around? Are you hopeful that Joe Biden can get up? Are you ready for another four years of Trump? What are, what are your thoughts? Well, I mean, basically, me and my friends have been on Zoom all night just and on Facebook Messenger checking in on each other, making sure everyone's okay, like how everyone's doing. None of us are Trump supporters in our uh, group because, I mean, I like I'd like to say obviously, but clearly enough people support Trump that it should that it's not as obvious. Someone's voting thing. for him over there. What's, I reckon there's some people in your friendship group doing the sneaky. Uh, well, or I've been reading things on the uh, yeah for comments of people who like talk to their parents who are Trump supporters and that kind of thing. Is it a generational thing? Do you think? I think it's partly generational. I think it's. Partly geographic. I think um, partly it's socioeconomic as well. There's just so many factors at play, and we've all been painstakingly trying to analyze who's going to do what, what we think is going to happen over like, the last several years. That it's like, at this point, the exhaustion is just so real. We just want an answer and want to go from there. You might have to wait a little bit longer, Andrew, uh, but we appreciate you having a chat to us. Thank you very much for listening to All Day Breakfast. Thanks, guys. It's my pleasure. No worries. Let's go now all the way south to the incredible state of Texas where we find uh, an Australian who's living there. G'day, Ange, who's in Dallas at the moment. G'day, boys. Ange, I don't know much about Texas, but from what I understand, it's very much a Trump voting state. Uh, I just, I, I imagine, and this is pure ignorance. I just imagine big Ford at two fifty trucks driving around with people wearing cowboy hats saying "Yeehaw" a lot. Okay, that's just <laughs> my. The Ford, the F two fifties are a thing, definitely. Oh, I haven't seen so much of the Yeehaw and the big hats yet. Fair I'm enough. Not that yep. Far out of downtown Dallas, but. So, Did you vote uh, Trump or Biden? You can tell us. We're not no judgment I'm, in any I, way. I can't vote. I can't vote. I've only been in the country ah, four months. Okay. So, I mean, people around you, what do you think they voted? Around me, everywhere I've seen, it's Trump. And they are loud and proud. Have you talked to people very much about what appeals to them about Donald Trump? Uh, it's all about voting Republican. Mm. It's what their parents have done and they've gone on for years and years doing it. So, yeah, it's, and, but they love him. And what do you think? What do they think when you uh, talk about Australia? I bite my tongue <laughs> because 
they can carry guns. So. <laughs> well, Edge, sounds like you're having the time of your life over in Dallas, Texas. Uh, we <laughs> appreciate you uh, having a chat to us. All the best with it. And we uh, hope you and your friends and family have a positive outcome, no matter what that is. Thanks, boys. Let's cross over now to someone who's in a bit more of a swing state situation. We've talked to someone from New York. We've talked to someone from Texas. Let's hit someone in the middle. It's Brinley from Ohio. Hello. How are you? We're great, thank you. So, Brinley, uh, talk us through. How was election for you? Did you did you do a mail vote? Did you did you head to the polls? I did an absentee vote, um, which I mailed in about two weeks ago. And Ohio is sort of one of those states where it's normally a pretty big battleground state. This year is starting to lean slightly red, but they just called it about six minutes ago officially for uh, for old uh, Donald Trump. Oh, really? And how do you feel about that, Brindley? How do you think I feel about that? <laughs> no, well, I'm, I'm going to ask everyone. I'm going to ask everyone. Did you yeah. vote Biden or Trump? I, I voted Biden. Hmm. He was my favorite candidate out of the Democrats. Um, I really, really love. I loved Bernie Sanders, and that's who I voted for in the primary. But our primary got delayed because of the pandemic. So by the time my vote got in, he wasn't even a candidate anymore. Oh, right. I was disappointed, but not surprised, I suppose, is the issue. But the thing about Ohio is that it's one of those states that's a little bit determinant of who ends up winning the election. Um, No Republican has ever won. I think maybe it was only once a Republican won without winning Ohio. So, yeah, I was disappointed, but also not surprised, I guess, is how, how to sum it up. It's incredible. And so um, it's late at night there right now. What's the mood like? Yeah, I don't know. It's weird. I had a, I've, I've been in a couple of states this year. I was, I was in North Carolina and in Ohio and in New York this year. And being in Ohio and North Carolina, we sort of, I sort of got the feeling that like, ooh, this probably isn't going to end up the way that I want it to. Because once you're in the states, it, you really sort of, it really sort of opens up and you start seeing it. Um, but, yeah, so I've been talking. I'm with some friends. We're all pretty bummed got my family group chat. There's eight of us in that. And I mean, my little sister's stoked that they just legalized mushrooms in Oregon. But besides that, I'll <laughs> 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 well, the linings. Day not turning out as plans. <laughs> well, it is interesting because I guess, you know, one of the people we're chatting to here, a lot of young people, that kind of thing, they're not as stoked on Trump winning. But obviously there's a, there's a large portion of America that loves what the man does can yeah. you can you tell us why? Because I guess being in Australia and looking at America, I mean, it doesn't look like things are going well. And so right. why 50% or 51% of of America could potentially vote for Donald Trump? Can you can you sum up what what reasons that these people uh, who maybe aren't in your friendship groups, but maybe, you know, rural voters that seem to be or going maybe, on the maps? Or maybe are in your friendship group. Yeah. Who Do you have friends that are voting for him? I have friends in Ohio. I've got, I've got friends who voted for him in Ohio and I've got, relatives who have voted from in Ohio. I, I couldn't tell you. I know that there's some issues in America that people take a lot more importantly than they would in Australia. Like abortion is still a huge issue to the point where they're, you know, there's sort of a plot to overturn it within the Supreme Court. And I know my aunt specifically, like there's, a, I think there's the issues, there's just a lot of one issue voters within mm. the US. So if this is the only thing that they care about and they have a candidate that agrees with them, then that's who they're going to vote for. And then things such as, you know, grabbing by the pussy, things such as 225,000 people passing away from coronavirus, those things don't even sway them. They don't come into the thing because that's they're a single-issue voter. I guess. I mean, I couldn't tell you. Yeah. I know that. I don't even know. The one thing that I will say is even, you know, I grew up most of my life here and 
it's never felt more divisive. And I think now it's sort of so polarizing that it's to the point where once you're at a side, there's not a lot that's going to change your mind. Mm. Um, that's a massively sweeping generalization, but that's sort of the way that I feel. I think that the, I've got funnily enough in, in Ohio, I've got quite a few friends who are either dating cops or have a sibling that's a cop. And that was a huge divisive issue this year as well. You know, the whole blue lives matter versus mm -hmm. black lives matter. But um, yeah, I, I couldn't tell you, but I'll be completely honest. I'm not optimistic. I wasn't optimistic about this election to begin with. I really, truly, I don't know how it's going to end up either way, but I, I didn't think that Biden would win. I don't think he was the strongest candidate in the primary. I think, I think that the whole political system in the United States is pretty messed up to begin with. And lastly, the entire system has changed in terms of the electoral college. Things are just going to keep descending into madness and, who knows what, obviously we don't have the final results yet, but if it ends up being another popular vote versus electoral college vote thing, it should be put on the agenda for something to be addressed, but I don't believe that's going to happen unless, I mean, we'll see what happens in the Senate too, because that's still too close to call as well. But unless there's some fundamental laws that are changed within the country, I just think we're just going to keep going down, baby. Well, oh, Brindley, we, <laughs> Brindley, we thank you, you so much for talking so to depressed. us. And like, I was going to say, you're not too optimistic, but we got the chance to chat to you on Triple J Breakfast in the past. You were the most bubbly, incredible person. And so we hope that, uh, you know, a couple of days and a, a cold shower will, uh, will get you back to your normal, everyday, fantastic self. I don't know. It's been a couple of years, guys. It hasn't been a great couple of years. <laughs> well, thank you so much for being a part of Matt and Alex All Day Breakfast. We love you, Brindley. Honestly, it's so great to, to have been on this journey with you for so many years. So hopefully you keep listening. Hopefully we'll keep talking to you and uh, we'll chat to you again next time. Yeah, I mean, who knows what will happen by then. Maybe yeah. America won't maybe be a country anymore. Civil war! Maybe you'll be back in Australia. <laughs> <laughs> All right, see you later. All right, bye, guys. Coffee? Yeah, coffee. A seventh coffee never hurt anyone. No, I feel a buzz. All day breakfast. Alex Dyson, we were talking yesterday about bad pre-COVID investments. Yep. Um, I topped up my Opal card <laughs> with the old triple dig. <laughs> Hit the hunge on the Opal. I've never put more than 50 on a public transport card. Well, never I in my life. I rarely ever do. I'm usually a 40 man. And then suddenly I thought, oh, I'm, you know, I'm going to be traveling a lot on the bus in the next <laughs> couple of months. So I just, I went the big triple dig, neck minute, six months later, still have barely touched it. Worst no spend of $100 ever. My passport is currently uh, expiring with no use at the moment. And we did have someone. Not a single in, stamp, mate. Uh, we did have a friend of the show uh, right beforehand invest in some flight center shares, which. <laughs> no, have, uh, Webjet. Webjet uh, shares. Sorry, Webjet. I'm sure <laughs> flight center is going great. Uh, but we asked you, what's your terrible pre-COVID investment. And we had some great feedback. A couple of uh, messages came in. Uh, I like from Emily saying in January this year, we bought a family membership to the Fremantle Dockers, $1,700 worth, hat, sticker, drink bottle. <laughs> <laughs> Worst investment <laughs> ever. Um, Brooke, uh, who is at Existing Bike on Instagram, says, got some hair extensions. Hair was the same length as the extensions by the end of lockdown. <laughs> so, so. And uh, Ryan bought the boats, uh, yet to take that one out on the high seas. But we've also got some other people joining us, including Jake from Sydney. G'day, Jakey. G'day, boys. How are you? Oh, we're good, man. You bought a couple of uh, tickets. I did. Look, more than a couple, boys. Um, this is my last year of my apprenticeship, and me and the miso were like, 
all right, 2020, let's just buy heaps of gig tickets, a couple of festival tickets because we're massive gig pigs, right? And then yep. mm. so we went ahead and we're both scraping for coins usually, but we're like, let's do it, let's scrape some coins up, buy heaps of tickets. We did to like heaps of like local good good gigs, like slowly, slowly, like the oh. list honestly goes on. But the main one that really grinded us was a VIP Splendour in the Grass Did we get the refund or are we going for 2021? <laughs> no, look, we're going to go 2021 because okay. I'm not missing out on the strokes. I literally <laughs> seen the strokes. I've never seen them. So when, like, it got pushed back to, I think it was October, it, like, broke my heart because I was like, it might not be on, but let's let's have a bit of, bit of like, happiness that it might be on. And then... They pretty much were like, yep, yeah, it's not going to even be on in October. It's going to be next year. Oh, I was oh. very upset. I was nearly shedding a tear. It was Ah, oh, well, look, at least at least that investment, your return on investment might come uh, mid-2021, so let's, keep hope up. Let's uh, hope so, thanks, Jake. Heath. You'll have your, uh, your your snout back in that live music trough very soon, my oh, friend. <laughs> and none of these sit-down gigs, I was lucky to see Lime Cordial sitting down. That was sick. They're great, but I need to be in that mosh pit with – like two or three tinnies on me. Like, <laughs> you, oh, oh, you sound like, like you need to be there, up. mate. I'm not going <laughs> to exactly. lie. You sound like it, Jake. That's <laughs> exactly. incredible, Jake. Exactly. We'll catch you later, Thanks, mate. We've, we've also DDT boys up and on a Benny. See you, boys. Hey, catch you later, <laughs> matey. <laughs> we've also got Amelia joining us from Melbourne. Hello, Amelia. Hey, how are you going? Not too bad. We're, are you knee-deep in tinnies at the moment or <laughs> what's your stance on that? I wish, but no, I'm actually, I'm on break from work at the moment. So Okay. So what were your plans for 2020? You, uh, you, you know, were selling things, getting ready to do a bit of travel? Yeah, I graduated uni at the end of last year and I was like, all right, I'm not going to apply for any jobs. I'm going to leave my lease. I'm going to sell my car and I'm going to backpack for a whole year. Oh, oh no. Yeah. And let me guess, you backpacked around your friends' couches for a while until you could reapply for a home. I backpacked straight to my mum's house, essentially. <laughs> but at least you had a good backpack. Yeah. Um, so let's I talk did. about. So I invested. So you sold your car. Yeah. Okay. You broke the lease on the house. Did you? Did what did you buy? Like, what did you get ready? Did you buy an actually nice backpack? I did. I got a new backpack. I got new hiking boots. Um, I bought tickets. I was going to everywhere. Like oh. I was ready to go. And so you got, a, you got a few Lonely Planet books as well, I'm sure. Uh, just a couple, yeah. <laughs> and so not only that, you're in Melbourne as well, Amelia. <laughs> I am. Uh, I am. Probably the worst one to be in when it comes to that sort of thing. How did you pivot? How did you spend your time? Well, funnily enough, I actually moved to Melbourne during the lockdown deliberately. <laughs> oh. I did that one to myself. What for? Um, okay, well, was, DJ yeah. Carled right here, you played yourself. Why? <laughs> Why did you do that? I was, okay, so I got back from overseas and I went back to my mum's place, which is in regional Tasmania, and there were like no jobs, nothing going on. They went into lockdown for a little bit there too. And I was mm. thinking, well, I've got more friends in Melbourne and in the long term it's just going to be a better situation. So oh, God. I made the plunge. Oh, so you went and paid a bit of rent in Melbourne to not be allowed to see your friends. So wait, does that mean that yeah. you went overseas and then had to evacuate back to Australia? Yes. So you yeah, did? I was, I was overseas for seven weeks. So oh, yeah, you well, used look. up your plane tickets so you don't even get to put them on the next year. <laughs> no. Oh, yeah. Amelia. Well, look. We hope things are looking better. Five donuts in a row for Victoria. So, uh, yeah, fingers crossed you can uh, get back into it and have a, have a more successful 2021. 
Yeah, let's hope so. <laughs> Thanks, Amelia. And now Katie from Brisbane had a bit of a career change uh, pre-COVID. Oh, oh yes. Yes, I did. Hi, guys. How are you going? Good. Not Thanks, too Katie. Bad. What was your so, investment that didn't uh, pay dividends? Oh, I, I thought it would be a really great idea to become an international flight attendant just before the border <laughs> shut. <laughs> oh, no. So how, did you get on any international flights? Like, Wait, sorry, were you, a, were you a flight attendant beforehand? I was, and I had switched companies, and I went international, and I graduated, had my roster all ready to go, and then big shutdown. What a stitch up. <laughs> oh, yeah. no. Did you get any international flights? Nothing. Not a single nugget. <laughs> well, look, you know, they're opening up some, you know, some more interesting, you know, travel corridor and Dubbo and stuff like oh. that. What about the flight to nowhere? Did you get on the flight to nowhere? <laughs> I didn't because I wasn't waiting for the aircraft. <laughs> oh, oh, well, that is a shame there, Katie. But uh, look, thank you very much for joining us and uh, hopefully uh, things will pan out a, a little bit better for you soon. Oh, cheers. Thanks, Paul. Order up. Just how you like it. Perfect. All right, Matt O'Kind, it's time to talk to a couple of our favourite gentlemen in the biz. They make some absolute bangers and their latest is no exception. They've teamed up with some other incredible artists, the Wombats, to produce this tune. Pulsing electro track called Nothing to Love About Love. It's none other than Ruben and Adam from Peking Duck. Boys, hello. (laughs) (laughs) The reunion's on. It's happening. (laughs) Gentlemen, how Um, are we? Let's start with you, Ruben. Where are you? What what are you doing? Tell us about everything. I'm good. I'm bloody good. Uh, I'm currently in Sydney. It's, uh, it's, It's lovely weather up here. You can see all around... But yeah, I'm just doing great, you know. Been loving, you know, not not being able to play gigs and earn money. <laughs> um, it's been sick. That's fine because you've got, because you've you- got a uh, you you run a bar in Melbourne as well, so you've been able to fall back on that. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, it's been awesome. I mean, you've got a sick you've got a sick mullet at the moment as well. That is an absolute beauty that you've got on your head. Thank you very much. Been working on it for a couple of years now, I reckon, and. Uh, yeah, once I discovered Joe Exotic, I realised bleach was the only thing that was missing in my life. <laughs> and what about you, Adam? How's life been? You're rocking some uh, some slick wraparounds there, solid glasses. You still Dude. got the long, luscious locks. <laughs> Look at these things. What? Is that, is that snakeskin? What is, what is that? Dude, I feel like I should be uh, in Scooter. Or something, you know, like, <laughs> oh, um, I wish we could just chuck on the logical song right now and, uh, <laughs> and c- come back after the break. Um, I mean, I've been good, dudes. It's a pleasure to see you all for sure. Um, I've just been living in LA for, I'll take off these f-ing ridiculous glasses. Um, I've been living in LA for like a year and a half now, which seems insane. I guess the whole COVID thing has kind of been one blur. Even though it feels like it was just yesterday, everything was in lockdown. It uh, it still feels like it's been a lifetime of nothingness in a way. But um, at the same time, it's been interesting being out here whilst you know a lot of social uh, injustice issues have sort of risen to the top. Um, not only here, obviously, as well in Australia and all around the world. But I was living in West Hollywood when the uh, 
the kind of riots, I guess, if that's what you want to call them, broke out that day. And I saw a bunch of dudes like cars on fire and shit. And it was, it was insane to really be there in person uh, and see it all happen in real time. And right now the election is happening. Oh, so it's man. Just like, well, yeah, how do you feel wild. being the Matt and Alex political correspondent? I mean, a lot of people <laughs> talking to the, uh, the Los Angeles Bureau over the, uh, the last 24 hours. What is, what is your take on it all, Adam, from Peking Duck? I hope it goes blue. <laughs> <laughs> there it is. Tune um, later for more well, hot political content. What about you, Ruben? Have you seen any cars on fire or anything <laughs> around the streets What's, of um, Sydney? Actually, <laughs> so I live in um, St. Peter's and just next to where I live, there's a uh, there was a big warehouse with about 200 motorcycles in it and uh, there was a fire in the middle of the night a couple of weeks ago and one of the motorbikes ended up popping and then it set off a chain reaction <gasps> and all 200 bikes popped due to the flames and the fire and the heat. Oh my and God. It was crazy. I've never seen anything like it. It was like, I thought it was like some doomsday kind of thing. I couldn't tell what was going on. I thought you were going like to say that job. one of the, <laughs> yeah, I know, right? I thought you were going to say that one of the motorbikes happened to end up in your backyard, you know, just <laughs> it's a little bit of soot damage. Yeah. You're rescuing it from the fire. <laughs> Goodness gracious. Well, we won't get on to music here. Uh, the Wombats. How do you, did you meet these guys around a music festival? How do you, how do you know the boys and how did you decide to do a collab? Because I guess it's not the, the usual kind of thing. Um, I remember Porter Robertson did a song with Urban Cone, a Swedish band, a while, but there's not too much collabing between uh, electronic artists and like indie bands. Yeah, for sure. It's, um, I mean, I feel like it had kind of been a long time coming due to the sheer amount of shows that we'd done with those guys. And they're always in Australia doing. They're on the festival circuit. Up. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, we never really, we never really kicked it with them or anything. I was out here and I'd written this little beat. Like, it, 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 I really didn't give it too much thought. It was a very quick kind of just like rough draft vibe. And then I realized that I'd had a session with Murph penciled in into my, into my sketch. And I was like, oh, sick, I'll play him this. And immediately we clicked. We got along and, you know, chatted about Australia and all the, all the great things that it has to offer. And, um, <laughs> Burning and motorbikes. yeah, he was down with it. And he, the dude's a genius. We, uh, he wrote this beautiful vocal melody and we kind of like workshopped all the ideas he had. And then he reached out to the rest of the band and they recorded parts in Norway and in London. And yeah, it, it all came together very quickly. And um, it was just, a, it was a fun, weird experience that just kind of got wrapped quickly. And then we decided to put it out quickly as well. Cause we have heaps of other music on the back burner, kind of. It's one of those scenarios where, you know, uh, you've got a song with the Wombats and you, you just want to get it out straight away before they even realise mm. or change their mind, you know. <laughs> <laughs> You'll slip it into some sort of release schedule so it gets delayed yeah. for years and stuff. Exactly totally. right, yeah. You also had a release earlier on in the year, uh, in 2020, with uh, Move, which featured Elisa from The Naked and Famous. So is this like, a, are you looking to collab with... You know, is this going to be the next sort of release? Is that what you're trying to trying to go for? Is the Sydney Symphony Orchestra coming up with Peking Duck? How big are you going to go, boys? Well, that was a similar scenario with Elisa. It was just like I had a beat. I made that beat in an Uber, funnily enough. What? And the dude got, what? The dude got pulled over. The Uber driver got pulled over by the cops. So I was there on the road 
waiting because in the, the car. beat was too lit. The <laughs> 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 Uber driver was just shit face. I'm sorry, sir. No, there's just... smoke coming out of the back of your car. <laughs> yeah, you then played that beat in a motorcycle factory, and the whole place exploded. So. <laughs> no, dude, we're always down to collaborate, especially like. Naked and Famous, that's the shit that we, like, looked up to, still look up to, of course. Um, and the Wombats, too. Big so it's, it's awesome to be able to jam with these people. And- I have always, always wanted to collab with Mike Skinner from the streets, all right? So yeah. if you're listening, yeah. Mike, that's what I want to do. Who is absolute top of the wish list? Can you say it? Is it uncool to say it as a, as a band that's, you know, like... Nah, man, not at all. I, that's great. That's actually funny because Mike Skinner... I was just listening to his uh, recent album earlier this morning. He is a genius. He just he's does what he wants to do. That's what I love. Like he's so. What about who would you guys do? Just quickly, fire off a name. Idols. Ooh. The band Idols, which he did a collaboration no, no. with Mike Skinner. Billy Idol. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. Oh man, well, Ruben, your hair's very close to a bit of Billy with that peroxide. I reckon you boys. Yeah, that's would a be white able. wedding and a half. Yeah. Billy <laughs> would walk into the studio and look at Ruben and go, "What the f- is that on your head, mate?" <laughs> That'd be brilliant. All right, we'll make some calls. We'll see if we can get that collab happening for you boys. But um, you've also been able to release one of your uh a song Solo track as well recently, Ruben. Tell us about this yeah. track, Yoga, with your devotion. Oh, yeah. Well, um, it actually stemmed from uh, Adam sent me an email about a year ago, which said, uh, hey, I've got a bunch of songs that I'm, you know, keen to maybe do something, you know, a little hustle on the side. And I'm like, holy shit, I've been waiting for this email my whole life. And it was beautiful because... It makes it really hard when you're going to the studio each day knowing that only, you know, with Duck, only two songs are going to come out each year. Yeah. So I guess um, <laughs> it's... <laughs> and uh, if you make, you know, Adam and I are probably making like 80-odd songs each a year and, uh, you know, for one or two of them to come out, it sort of makes it... That, you know, we sort of hit a point where in 2018 we were like, all right, well, should we write a children's book? Uh, should we open a bar? And we started doing all sorts of things which were completely not music-related because I guess there is something a little bit demotivating when you're rocking up without really, you know, mm. you know, you, so, you don't have too much output. So when you but just why, to why? create... Why are you not? What, what's what's the blockage? Like, what is it? Is it just? Is it the machine? Is it labels, networks? You know, is it? Is that? Or do you just? <laughs> do you just want to put out two songs a year that are that are absolute heat beats? Like, what's your process? <laughs> you got us there. Neither of us could ever answer because I mean, we've we've always got heaps of great songs, but yeah, I guess there's uh, you know, you got to have a bit of a lead in. Mm. Finally, though, we've decided to start finishing heaps of songs and. And uh, we we now have like probably the next five songs all mixed and mastered, and that's Whoa. the first time in Duck history. So I think, um, yeah, it was it was just one of those moments where Adam sent this, you know, beautiful email, and and uh, so we both started doing you know things on the side, and it made it more exciting when we started coming together for Duck things, and it made working on Duck music more exciting. So it's uh, it, it was just a win win in every single way. 
Yeah, amazing stuff. And so, Adam, then were you, uh, if you sent the first email saying, hey, yo, I'm going to do this stuff, and then Ruben beat you to the post dropping his <laughs> track, are you like, bro, that was my idea? Like, like are you, yeah. when are you, when are you going to do <laughs> yeah, yours? Yeah, true. <laughs> there, there, there was a moment when I was like, I was like, wait, he's dropping his shit in a week from now. What the f? <laughs> but no, then I realized everything is meant to be as it should. And, and Ruben, like with the yoga stuff, I, I fully support. I think it's dog music and it's something he's passionate about. And like the message behind it as well, using that platform to speak about mental health, I think is a dog thing. So Godspeed to my brother for sure. There's no, it's all love completely. And, and if I'll anything, tell you it's now. made the dog music better for sure. Adam's music as well, by the way. I'll tell you now, I can't, there's a few songs on this debut album of his, which, God damn, I wish they were Duck songs. <laughs> <laughs> well, did you do that? Did you have a little bit of like, come on, man, yeah. like, surely this is our stuff. <laughs> there's a couple on there which I remember hearing and I was like, dude, they sound really good. They sound really peaking Duck and Adam goes, no, they don't. <laughs> I was like... <laughs> Uh, That's incredible. <laughs> oh, we cannot wait for both of them to get us the full spreads, uh, the sit alongside the bar, the children's book. You guys have always been incredible at, uh, yeah, going and forging your own path and doing what you need to do, which is excellent. We'll let you get back to it. I mean, Adam, you're going back to election kind of things in LA. Uh, so yep. good luck. Good luck <laughs> forging that. Yeah, um, what, great what is, times. What is, I'm not anxious. What is Adam and Peking <laughs> Duck like in LA, actually? Because I'm, you've always been a party barometer in Australia. Love hanging out at a party with you. LA, renowned for them. What, have, what mischief have you got up to over the last 12 months since you've been there? Dude, when I first moved here, it was clown town. I, um, <laughs> I, I actually, me and my girlfriend ended up at uh, Ben Simmons' birthday party oh, that we somehow got invited to. And um, this guy kind of keeps tapping me on the back, like asking for a cigarette. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. And I look who the dude's like giving the cigarettes to. And it's a guy in a hood. And I'm like, that's Leonardo DiCaprio right there. And he's like looking up at me just bombing durries. And I'm like, what? And then I, t I turn around. So he's got a, a, a durry bum assistant. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's like, I'm not going anywhere near that food. <laughs> but um, yeah, I turn around and uh, I see this big, shiny, sweaty head. And I'm like, I know that big, shiny, sweaty head very well. That's Drake. That is Drake right there. And he and Drake just turns around and I'm like, holy shit, where am I right now? <laughs> then, and then we kind of stick around for a bit and like it starts kind of wrapping up. And then we, for some reason, got invited uh, back to Ben Simmons' house to kind of for the after party. And I'm like, this is insane. So we go, we go in and like everyone, everyone has to leave their phones like in a box and like go in through this garage there's like you know lamborghinis everywhere it's just this amazing house like something out of you know it's tony stark's house pretty much <laughs> shout out to ben simmons too by the way oh man i've been watching so Absolutely. many philadelphia Legends. games yes yeah absolutely man, king. He's a king but so we go we go in there in the kitchen right and like we're, we're just partying everyone's kind of partying and i'm just like who is that person is that someone i think i've seen that person in a movie who is it, it was just insane and then I turn over and the weekend's just there in the kitchen and he's just talking to my girlfriend like super nice. And I walk over, I'm like, hey, man. He's like, oh, hey, man, how you going? What's going on? Like the sweetest dude ever. I'm like, what the f*** is happening? What's going on here? 
But since then, COVID's hit, and now I'm just at home <laughs> hanging out on Zoom, man. <laughs> I really want, I'd really want one of those parties to transit, like Ben Simmons, to host a Zoom party and have all the people in there. That'd be incredible. Um, well, dudes, thank you so much. <laughs> thank you so much for joining us. Honestly, uh, congratulations again on the brand new track. Nothing to love about love. Feature, uh, it is with the Wombats. You guys are absolute legends, and, and it's such a pleasure to have you on uh, Matt and Alex All Day Breakfast. Please come back any, any time. Oh, yeah. Thank you, love boys. You boys. We love you. Oh, yeah. Love you, dudes. See you soon. Love you, boys. Catch ya. <laughs> And that brings us to the end of another Matt and Alex episode. Thank you so much to Jamila Risby for joining us and also to the legends, Adam and Ruben from Peking Duck. Such such great guys to chat to. Appreciate our, uh, the American listeners tuning in as well and uh, bearing their souls on the radio. Always uh, interesting times to be able to do that one. And uh, make sure you're listening tomorrow for... Oh, Alex Dyson, you're getting a perm. I can't wait to see what the curls look like on that noggin of yours. Well, I don't know how it's going to be. I'm just going to rock up at Hair by Brook and uh, sit in the chair and see what they give me. You know, Effie Cowan, uh, rest in peace, my nana. Uh, She'd be very proud that I'm finally going to perm. She was a hairdresser. And she offered many times, and I always said no. And so it's it's very exciting to be uh, adding this to the repertoire, Matt O'Kine, and Absolute. turning these straight follicles, giving them a, a little bit of pizzazz. I'll tell you right now, bro, it's goodbye to undercuts, goodbye to bowl cuts, goodbye to being able to cover up any receding hairlines with a cute little flop over, say goodbye to... <laughs> there is a little bit under there, i got to tell you. Look at this. There's well, a little bit under no, there. I mean, just forget about Say goodbye to ever being... The guy in a movie that does a slow-mo walk out of the ocean oh, oh, yeah. and then flicks his hair back and forth as droplets spray. Just forget it, man. Those days are behind you. Embrace the curls. Right, it's going to be happening. We'll see how we go. Thank you so much for listening. We will join you tomorrow on All Day Breakfast. Uh, before we do go, we're going to leave you with listener Luke who sent us a little bit of a voice memo asking the big question, you know, given, you know, I picked up some, what I used to think was expensive shampoo. Um, I have changed from a brand which led me to sing a song, Matt O'Kite, which you found very popular. Well, I mean, it, it inspired us, a whole segment that inspired us to tell the world our little uh, novelty ditties that we sing around the house. And this was... This song is based on one of yours. That's it. So, Luke, take it away, my man. We'll catch you tomorrow for some all-day breakfast. Alex, after hearing you've switched to the great Pantene Pro-V, I was intrigued to see what sort of shower sing-along you've been running there. Does it go a little bit something like... I wash my hair with Pantene Pro-V. I wash my hair with Pantene Pro-V. I wash my hair with Pantene Pro-V in the hot shower. No, it's Pro-V, 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 oh, it's Pro-V, 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 oh. There you go, Luke. That's it. The all-day breakfast kitchen is closed. Got a story we need to hear? All the links are at mattandalex.com.au.